0: Everyone, Scott back. Uh, episode two. I just listened to episode one and need to apologize because that was maybe the worst audio I've ever heard. Uh, I explained at the beginning of the episode that I uh, am going to be doing this screaming from my car while driving back from the train, uh, but I was also doing it for the first episode uh, during a rainstorm. So the combination of Uh, a crappy engine in the background, me screaming, and rain made for some fantastic audio, so I apologize for that. No rain right now, so it should be a little bit better, Um, but uh, probably not that much, but sorry about that to the four people that listened to the first one. uh, My bad. Uh, But anyway, uh, on to episode two, a little bit of a uh, natural progression from episode one. Uh, I tend to have... Uh, midday epiphanies when something ticks me off or something uh, kind of, you know, is the catalyst for me thinking about, uh, you know, a lot of the topics that I talked about in episode one, a lot of the, um, you know, challenges that I see in our political or kind of geopolitical landscape, uh, and then it, it triggers, a, triggers a thought, then I uh, craft it into some kind of half-baked thought, the rest of the day gets to me and then I lose it. But uh, this one I did not, and I thought it was worth sharing. And uh, it probably sounds like a a good handle or a a pithy line, but I think there's a lot of truth to it. And that's um, the fact that um, the essence of, um, of being kind of a public servant, of holding a political office, has kind of, in my opinion, been lost on a lot of Uh, Those that we put into those positions that are so few and far between that should be held very precious. And I think, with the exception of a few, and you know, there's I think there's a lot of uh, there's a few, excuse me, a few politicians out there that I really think understand um, the heart of what it means to be a public servant, and then the fact that you are essentially uh, an employee of the people and um, their will is your will. And I know that sounds a little lofty and maybe a little bit too much, founding fathers. Um, but with the exception of those very few, and they usually in more of the local, county, and state uh, legislatures, what you tend to see when you get to kind of the you know the the, the federal level, I think is that the idea of service, but the idea of serving, is greater than the actual service, meaning that often what Politicians are enamored with is the idea of being in a position to serve, because it, by its very nature, carries a level of clout and prestige that so many people want in so many aspects of their lives. And I think often you hear politicians talk about how much they want to serve, and they want to serve, and they want to serve, and they want to serve. And I think the problem is they need to be talking about the service. they we have not elected them so that they're elected we've elected them for the service that they will provide and i think some way at some at some point again we lost track of the fact that the will of the people the greater good is the thing that you have been put in that position to do we have not simply said you are the one that we have selected to serve now go serve at your discretion Somehow that happened, where the anointing of them as a politician, whatever level, whatever landscape, whatever geography it is, is simply the end. It is supposed to be a means to another set of ends, the outcomes that we've put them in place for. The fact that we can have anyone in office consistently voting against the larger Needs, wants, and requests of the body that elected them confuses the hell out of me. Now, I know that there is a set of information and a level of um, of healthy debate and even disagreement that um, any politician has to have with the constituents, and they, they won't always see it eye to eye. But for such a consistent track record of being on a different page. The folks that have put you in office says to me that there has been a loss of foresight into or i don 't even know if foresight's the right word, um, but there has been a um, some kind of disconnect in understanding what the essence of service is. The fact that it completely becomes divorced from the larger landscape, and the people that have put you there screams to me. That once you've been voted in, you basically think you're on your own and your rules supersede at that point in time because it is about you who have been selected to serve and you will serve as you see fit. No, 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 no. Service is the thing that should continue to take precedent and your service is how you have been directed by the people who have given you that short term opportunity. And again, somewhere, somehow, sometime, the office became bigger than the people. And we just got into a position where we no longer had a level of control over the politicians. The politicians were given control and they did with it what they want. So what I believe is critical... um, is for those politicians and maybe one day myself to understand that the second you lose contact or you lose a connection with the community or the state or whomever that you're representing, you no longer are serving. And I don't even know what the hell it's called that you're doing at that point in time, but it's sure as hell not serving. Um, It is literally you going rogue, I'm sure there's a better term than that to use, But you are taking your own opinions, your own subjectivity and casting aside the will of the people that have put you there. And again, you're paid and you're compensated and you're a smart, intelligent individual and you should bring your own thinking and your own thoughts uh, to situations that are the intersection between what your constituents want and what you think is the right thing to do based on the information you have. But at some point, it just everyone else went away. And that to me really, really sucks. So I think we have to get back to a place where we feel like we have a true connection to the governing bodies. I think there has become this, this incredible walled garden between who we vote for in this, you know, this rickety little booth in an elementary school gymnasium. Um, and then we put them there every two, every four, whenever we vote for that individual a couple of years. And then they're off on their own, and we can only hope for the best. And it feels like there was a level of accountability many years ago. I mean, reading a lot of biographies and a lot of um, kind of historical recounts of how the interactions between the people and those who govern, it just felt like there was always a connection. And I, again, it's, it's, I, I hope this is nothing more than my sentiment, and I hope I'm wrong, because if I'm wrong, we're in a better place than I think. Um, but that's the kind of, kind of candid relationship that I feel like needs to be brought back into, into politics. And again, I know it sounds a little Pollyannish, but who cares? Like, I honestly don't give a shit if it, if it sounds, um, like I'm this, you know, hippie version of a politician and I'm not even, here's the thing. It probably sounds a little bit like I'm just, a. Uh, bleeding heart liberal and I want everyone to just be nice to each other and, uh, and the truth is guys, I got—I have a lot of Republican tendencies um, um, I also have a lot of progressive tendencies I really don't know what the hell you call me um, but regardless of what party uh, set of principles or where I'm skewing sits I think the underlying principle of politicians being divorced from those that have put them there and those that they have sworn to help Uh, is unacceptable under any party circumstance. So, you know, I I do think that we could get back to a much, much, much better place. Um, And it's not, it's really not a complicated thing. Um, I think it starts with understanding that, and again, this goes back to maybe the politician side of things and sorry, I'm, I'm thinking stuff through, but think about some of the terminology that you hear, uh, politicians use while they're running for office and they go, my agenda, my agenda, my agenda. And I've always been troubled by that. And it, you know, it never really occurred to me why I just felt weird, but to hear, you know, someone say, this is my agenda. This is my agenda. And it's like, why do you have an agenda? Your agenda should be our agenda. Right? Like, the only difference that... Then again, again, I know I'm reaching here. But the only difference that a, that I think politicians going for the same position should have is the method of achieving a similar agenda. Because your agenda should be dictated by the needs and the wants of the people that you're serving. Now, you can have a different approach, strategy, thinking of how to sequence you know, the, the things that have to be done, all of that good stuff. But when you have like politician who is on one side of the spectrum of things to accomplish and another side of the spectrum of things to accomplish, I just sit there going like, is this a land grab at like just saying shit to get the most votes? Or do you actually care about doing the stuff that the people in the room, um, the people in your community need to get done? And that's why the term agenda has always bothered me because it feels like it should be pretty clear uh, based on the same constituency. So when you can have five candidates, all have five different things going on, I'm going like, what the hell is it just an attempt to, are you trying to, are you trying to win votes? Are you trying to actually do the right thing? And I think we know the answer to that more often than not. So again, I'm, I'm in that rambling phase, which usually happens right around the uh, you know, kind of that 10 minute mark mm. or wherever the hell we are. But you know, this really is just about you know getting back to the core of what politics should be, and you know I think back to again a lot of the recounts that you have of some of the earliest presidents, and like think about a president having office hours, like that was a thing, like that's insane. You can't even get near the fence of the White House, and again I know we got crazies on top of crazies on top of crazies, so that can't happen anymore, but. But think about what just having office hours or being able to converse with a president meant. It meant that clearly there was a level of interaction and connection with the pulse of America and the pulse of people. And now that is such a walled off element to what governance is that you've got to think that we've lost some of the essence of what the founding fathers and this, this kind of democratic republic was meant to do. Now, are we ever going to go back to that? Absolutely not. We're in a different world and you know, stuff is very different and the level of complexity and governing is something that could never have been imagined 200 and whatever the hell years later. You probably should know that number. That's slightly embarrassing. Um, But I I don't think principles have to change, you know, processes can change, protocols can change, you know, context changes around you, requires you to think differently and act differently, but the reason for you doing stuff doesn't need to change, and I think the reason for doing stuff in the world of politics has changed, and the reason that so many politicians are in the political game now is to be politicians, and that sucks, that really, really sucks. Like, think again. Go back. I'm gonna go back to to good old George Washington. The dude literally had to be asked to come back to serve a second term. He wanted out. He realized that he had given his entire life, and he's like, This is not about me being the president anymore. Other people can do the right thing. I should be out. Before he was the president, they wanted to make him king. He said, that's not what this is about. This is about serving people. This isn't about elevating me to a certain level where I can recreate the monarchy that we just went and fought against. I mean, just think about how selfless an act like that is. And again, it, it was true for many, many, many years. And I think it's still true in local communities and school boards and a lot of you know niche areas that um, still have that... Sense of true connection to the reason that they are in a position to govern, and I just think we should got we got to get back to that on a broader scale. Um, I don't know how to do it. I think it starts with people. I think it starts with um, you know raw, unfiltered dialogue. I think it it starts with you know people having conversations about why they're doing what they're doing and why they're not doing what they're not doing rather than just saying, you know, making up some kind of um, excuse as to why to not do something that really is nothing other than a veil um, or a facade for uh, a political agenda. And again, I'll go to the easy one, and this again, this is not about um, taking up a side on anything right now, but you know, you're in a position right now where <laughs> I think it's, I think the latest stat is 86% of Americans are for uh, responsible background checks and, and gun control protocols. Uh, but you can't even get the overwhelming majority of those that govern to even broach the subject because it would be a political shitstorm amongst the very, very um, vocal uh, political elite. Political powerhouse group. So, again, think about think about where I started this, with with that kind of action against that kind of position for the American people. Um, how can you say that service is what you're doing? Um, you just want to maintain the position of of politics. You just are in love with the idea of serving even though somehow you've lost a little bit of the North Star on what serving requires, which is to do the service of the people that have put you there. So that's the stuff that bothers me. That's the stuff that needs to change. That's the stuff that I'd love an opportunity to change. Um, again, I, I know it can't all be changed, um, but it starts with an attitude shift. It starts with understanding that you're there for a reason. The reason is not your, your own uh, the reason is the collective good and if you're not aligned with the collective good get the hell out of office uh, if you're there because you want the office and just the office get the hell out um, and if we as kind of a community of engaged and uh, concerned individuals know that there are, are people in a position of power who are simply in love with the idea of the power of this, of you know the, the political distinction it's our job to, to take them on. It's our job to kind of highlight the fact that they're there for the wrong reasons uh, and get them the hell out. Um, you know, we can't just accept inertia in the political arena. It's, it's, a, uh, it's too often the reason that things don't change, that things, that, that, that things don't improve because you just have more of the same and you just have the same people with the same ideas who are more focused on maintaining the position than they are progress. And that's when frustration sets in. That's when we're stifled as a community and we're stifled as a country. That's when it's a blame game. Um, Because think about it. I mean, even think about it in our... um, I'm sorry. I know I was like going to wrap this up a while ago, but all of a sudden, second wind... But think about at work, right? Like most jobs, when there's no real inspiration and there's no real like motivation to do great work and and everyone's just in that kind of like mediocrity phase. or just like, how do I get through this crap day or this crap assignment or whatever, right? There's a lot of finger pointing. There's a lot of blaming. There's a lot of... You know, telling you why this sucks or that broke or we can't fix this and you can't do that and this isn't protocol. Blah, blah, blah. And the reason that happens is because when there's no real progress, when no one's really stepping up and doing anything different, people want to shirk accountability. And if they're not moving forward, the only way to take the eye off of them scrutiny or any kind of critique is to push everyone down. So it's like I know I'm not bad because it you know, I, I'm not gonna come under the microscope because of the fact that look at all these other people and they suck, right? So it's not that I'm not good that good, I just suck less, right? Think about it, you run into people like that unfortunately in a lot of a lot of different capacities, and you find in environments that are not enthusiastic and energized and motivated for progress and to do great things, everyone's just trying to chop everyone down because they don't want to highlight the fact that they're not moving forward. And that's what's happening as I think a country and that's what kind of government has become. Like again, when's the last time we really heard about groundbreaking legislation? I mean, We hear more about the potential repeal of legislation than we do about passing of legislation. Like we gotta repeal this because this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. What's your idea? Ah, uh, I don't know, because that's that is at odds with what has become the new way to govern. So, guys, just just think about the the, the general lesson here. I know it was a rant, and not forgive me for saying a lesson. It's not, I'm not it's not my lesson to teach. But the idea here is that the second we see someone or some group um, or some agenda if you will, take hold, because it clearly is under the auspices of political gain rather than the collective good. We've got to speak up. We've got to get those people out of office. Um, we've got to do the thing that we were entrusted to do a long time ago. So not going to happen overnight, not going to happen over decades or millennia or centuries, millennia, right? I'd flip those around. Um But we got to try and I think unfortunately too many of us are now in kind of that autopilot like this is just what it is and I don't think we should accept that let's let's be better than that let's not just accept this crap that's going on let's get the crap politicians out and and listen here's the thing even if we just scare the shit out of some of them and go holy crap I need to remember why I'm here and who put me here and why those people put me here. I'd be fine with that. But right now you've got a bunch of people doing exactly what they want because there's no recourse and that recourse is part of the political process. So we need to call their bluff and get them out. Either get them out by getting yourself in, get them fixed by setting them straight or making a lot of noise until we all stand up, take notice and take change. So, uh, that is the end of that. That was much longer than I intended. Uh, hope it uh, made some kind of half sense. Um, and if it did, cool. If it didn't, I will try to get better next time. Um, so if anything is interesting, anything you want to chat about, any topic you want me to try to cover next time, uh, if I am even remotely equipped to do so, I'll give it a go. Uh, if, uh, if not, um, I might give it a go anyway and see what the hell happens. So uh, that's it for now. Uh, appreciate you listening. See you next time.